You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. It's our season. Amen. How many believes it's your season? The Bible says in, in Psalm, the first chapter, he said, uh, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law doth he meditate. Day and night. That word meditate in the Hebrew is like an old cow chewing the cud. Come on, they just keep on burping it up and they chew it up and get up some more. You understand what I'm saying? Is that's the way it, that's the way it is with Christians. We just chew it on it, chew on it, and chew on it. And when we think we got the good out of it, we go back and read and we chew it up some, come on y'all. Amen. It, it, the more you chew it, the more, the better it gets. And it heals your digestion system. Amen? Because it becomes new. Hallelujah. So he meditates on it. How many times? Day and night. That's why you should keep the word constantly on you, around you, and with you. Amen? Because it's like, it's like good stuff. So... Meditates on it day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in a season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. How many like to prosper? How many like to prosper? Come on, you can't prosper without all of the above. Come on, you can't prosper unless you're blessed. You can't be blessed unless you're not standing in the way of any sinners. Or sitting in the seat of scornful. Always making fun of somebody. Always got to crack the last joke. Mmm. Getting tough and now I'm not against having fun and laughing and carrying on, but when it's at somebody else's expense. Wow, I didn't even know I was going there. But you understand what I'm saying? We're, we're easy to slip over in that seat of the scornful if we're not careful. And how we live in the blessed life is all of those have to be intact. He said, and you shall, and he shall think about the law of God. He shall love the Lord, the, the, the law of God, and he shall meditate on it day and night. And then it says, he'll be, that guy, be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. As she sang earlier in the service, shall not be moved. It don't matter what kind of wind comes up against it. It doesn't matter what kind of storm comes up in its life. Guess what? That tree is not moved. It's standing firm because of all of the things that's been in place. So we got to have everything in place. Come on, Psalm 1. You want to find out what to get in place? There it is. There's your recipe. Amen? Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. Not, not in sister so-and-so's season. 
Come on, we, we, we chase around after the gifts, but gifts are given. Fruit is grown. Amen? Everybody got a gift, and they're all wonderful, and they're all good. But guess what? It's the fruit is what tells you if the tree's good or not. It's not the gift. That's the reason on the bottom of the priest's garment, I know y'all tired of hearing this, but I'm going back there. And on the bottom of the priest's garment is a bale and a fruit. It's a noise and a fruit, a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell. It's all the way around the bottom of his robe because when he walks, he moves music. Because you can't have music without fruit. So some people want to be the noise. They just want bells. Y'all ever seen anybody like that? They just like the bells. Don't give me no pomegranate. Because it's grown. Right? It takes, it takes time to mature fruit. I don't even know why I'm on this place. But do you understand what I'm saying? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse number 1. What does it say? Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not fruit, charity. I, it is like a sounding brass, a noise. And a tinkling cymbal, a noise. It's all you get without fruit. Come on, give me some gifts. But give me some fruit that when I walk, I've got some music going on. Mm, hallelujah. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, temperance, faith. I've got them all mixed up. But do you understand? He said, against such is no law. There's not a law against having faith. There's not a law against having love. There's not a law against having having long-suffering and having patience and having gentleness and being meek and being kind. Amen? All right. I think I'm done for a minute. I want I want to go to the Hanukkah service for just a minute, and I don't know if what I've got up there is going to work, so we're just going to go with what we got. But uh, I covered a little bit of it last, uh, Sunday morning. We talked about uh, Antiochus, uh, the king, and what this guy did is he devastated Jerusalem in 168 B.C., and uh, if you are familiar with the book of Maccabees, first and second book of Maccabees, that's a historic book. But it t- kind of tells the story. And if you go uh, right around to, I believe it is, and I can't remember exactly the, 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 uh, place, the place where it's at. But he goes, I think it is chapter 4 of the Maccabees. It goes into, in verse 43, he said, They cleansed the sanctuary and took the polluted stones to a ritually unclean place. 
In 1 Maccabees 4 and 49 through 52, they fashioned a new holy equipment and brought the lampstand and the incense altar and the table into the temple. If you remember that uh, uh, the armies gathered together and went up to Mount Zion, verse 38 says they found the sanctuary, deserted it, uh, the altar treated with disrespect, the gates were burned, the courts, the bushes had sprung up like an open field on the mountains. They saw the priest chambers were in ruins. And so right all this time is going on and this bunch of Maccabee guys and Judas was their father and he goes up and he says I don't can't stand to see what they've done to the temple of God. And I told you Sunday morning isn't it about time for the church to say I'm tired of it being desecrated? I'm tired of my America being treated like it's being treated. I'm tired of my, of, of, of my society be, of God being stomped to the bottom and their ways being put up to the top, them building altars and, 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 uh, all kinds of things to bail and to worship the gods of the ancient days. It's about time for some Maccabees to stand up and say, we're not going to bow. We are going to take back what the enemy has destroyed. And so these guys began to uh, do some crazy stuff. It said that they fashioned new holy equipment and brought the lampstand and the incense altar and the table into the temple. And then they offered incense on the altar and lit the lamps on the lampstands and it illuminated the temple. Verse 51 said they placed the bread on the table and hung the curtains. Finally, they completed all the work they had started. Verse 52 says they arose early in the morning in the 25th day of the month of the fifth month, the month of Kislev. And it was the year of 148 B.C. Now, these guys had, so in a verse of chapter 4, verse 56, it says, So they celebrated the rededication of the altar for eight days and joyfully made entirely burnt offerings. They offered a sacrifice of deliverance and a praise. They got excited about I don't know what's wrong with the church today that's all sad about coming to the house of God. And the devil has beat you up, tore your family up, done all kind of crazy things, and you're going to take it sitting down? How many is really aggravated at what the enemy is doing to the church? How many is really outdone with the way the enemy has told us you can't do what you used to do? It's not legal anymore. You're in trouble if you do certain things. You're in trouble abandoning on Facebook and all kind of other social media sites. Hey, what is wrong with the church? Where are they at? Where is the church of Jesus Christ? Where's the sons of God? You know what he said in, in, in one of the, uh, in the chapters, he said the earth is groaning and crying for the manifestation of the sons of God. Come on, what does the Bible say about the sons of God? I'll tell you what it says. In John chapter 1, it says those that believe shall become the sons of God. 
He empowered them to become the sons of God. He blessed them. He empowered them. He gave them power to become the sons of God. So you're not just a weakling. You are empowered to become sons and daughters of God. So what's wrong with the church when we don't understand how much power we possess in being children of the king? What happened when Judas Maccabee said, I ain't taking this no more, guys. We are going down there and we're going to run them people out. He said, man, we're a bunch of, we're a bunch of crazy idiots. You look at the, the Judas and his sons wasn't really good folk. They're kind of a bad bunch of stuff. But how many remember that David won the battle with a bunch of in-debt people? They didn't have it together. They were addicted. It's, It's what it says. Go back and read what David's mighty men were a bunch of trash of Israel. And David raised them up, trained them into what God was about to do. And guess what? David and his mighty men kills every giant on the earth at that time. Come on, they do away with the whole giant clan. Because some broke, broke down, messed up. God said, we're tired of being like we were. Oh, we're going to be empowered to become children of the king. And we're going to bring it back. We're going to take back what the enemy stole. So this bunch of Maccabees did the same thing. They were messed a mess. But guess what? Then Judas and his brothers and all the assembly of Israel. That's in, this is in 1 Maccabees chapter 4 and verse 59. So they laid down a law that every year at this season, the dedication of the altar should be observed with joy and with happiness. Uh Huh? Come on. For eight days, beginning with the 25th day of Kislev. Now, I told you Hanukkah is early this year, but it's usually on the 25th of December. <laughs> the Jews believe that this feast is the feast that Jesus was conceived in. Come on, the light is born. It's conceived at the feast of dedication. Come on, because that's what Hanukkah means in the Hebrew is dedication. And if you go back to John chapter, I believe it is 12, you will find that Jesus was at the feast of dedication in the winter. Come on, go look at it. I didn't say it. And it is translated as Hanukkah. This all happened before Jesus was born. 
Mm. But Jesus goes to this this area, this time. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says in verse 14, You are the light of of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel. But they put it on a lampstand, on a candlestick, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Hallelujah. So he said, let your light so shine. No, before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is the light of Hanukkah is that Jesus said I'm transferring the light. I am the light of the world but I'm transferring the light. I'm becoming the light and I'm going to put it on the lampstand. I'm going to set it up on a hill so that it cannot be here. And so the menorah blessing for this, for this Hanukkah celebration is this. And I'm not going to tell you the Hebrew because I can't pronounce it. But I'm going to tell you the English. Is that okay? It says, blessed are you, O Lord, our King and God of the universe, who has given us Yeshua, the Messiah, the light of Hanukkah. Amen. Come on, he's given us the light of Jesus, the Messiah. Psalm 91, and we've been covering that a little bit. But in the last verse of the Psalm 91, what does it say to that person that is hidden in the secret place of the Most High? You know what it says? It says that if you've made him your habitation, that you will be blessed and he will show you his salvation. And that salvation word in the Hebrew is interpreted Yeshua. So what I want to tell you is the last verse of that psalm said, you don't mess with me or I'll show you your Jesus. Don't mess with me, devil. Are you going to get to see him? You're going to get to see him. He, oh, don't say coronavirus my way because you might just show up. He might show up and take my spot. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Found out about who's sick. Hallelujah. Boy, mm. it's good, ain't it? So we're going to talk about the mystery of this Hanukkah menorah. It's uh, nine candlesticks instead of seven. And I'm going to show you why. I mean, it's ready. It might take me a, a minute, so don't get thinking you're going to leave here with all the information tonight because I get wayside and I'm already at 8 o'clock. So I got to wind down. But the Bible speaks of the menorah of the lampstand on three levels. One in the Old Testament and one in the prophets and one in the Torah, the first five books of Moses. He talks about it a lot. And then it's mentioned by the prophets in the prophetic And then it's mentioned in the new covenant. Now, Moses was commanded 
to build a seven-branch golden candlestick and place it in the tabernacle. And that's in Exodus chapter 25. And I'd like for you to write these scriptures down and you go home and study them because I want you to understand what this thing, how important it is. The manure, there's not a lot mentioned in it in the Old Testament telling what it means. But we know by the New Covenant <laughs> exactly what it means. And so the priests were required to take care of the lampstand. There's no clear teaching in the uh, spiritual meaning of the menorah. And when there's no clear teaching on something in the first five books, guess what? It means that you got to have the new to figure out what the old was. Because how many knows the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed? And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Amen? Did I say that right? I hope I did. So when there's, so you, you, you understand, just like the Feast of Trumpets, there's really no explanation for it in the Old Testament. But when we get to the New Testament, Jesus starts saying crazy things. And he, you understand, he says things like, watch, for you know not the day or the hour that the Son of Man shall appear. He goes on and he says, no man knows the day or the hour except my father. Yeah, isn't that what he said? He says the day or the hour. And the Feast of Trumpets is the feast of no man knows the day or the hour. Because the Feast of Trumpets has, is a two-day feast. And nobody knows what day or what hour that feast is going to begin. They know what month it's in. Some some of y'all just checked out already. They know the season. But they don't know the day or the hour because the high priest sends a watchman upon the wall. Shut up, Hosheke. Sends a watchman up here. I don't know how I'm going all this stuff. But anyway, we'll go there for a minute. The watchman goes up on the wall and he watches until the new moon peaks over the mountain. And he says, it's time. The feast has begun. And they blow the trumpet to mark the beginning of the feast of trumpets. Somebody ought to shout right now. Because first, mm, Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians four says, "But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you don't sorrow like all the rest of them has no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and He rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him." Oh, my, my, my. And he said, the last trump shall sound. A shout will ascend. The last trump of God shall sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. The trump will begin. The feast of trump. Mm. So what does that have to do with Hanukkah? Everything. Because it's one of the candles. 
Come on, there's, I'm going to get ahead of myself for a minute, but I know y'all wanting to know. The menorah is, consists of seven candles. It is the seven feasts of Israel. It's also a picture of the seven churches in Revelation. But there's two extra that is not in your Bible. But yet they are. One of them is Purim. Purim is in the book of Esther. Purim is the one where Haman is hung and the children of Israel go free. Because Haman is trying to kill God's remnant. (laughs) So in the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will arise and try to kill out the remnant. But an eagle is going to take them. I don't know whether it's going to be a jet or what it is. But let me... (laughs) But he said an eagle... With silver wings, it's, come on y'all, it's gonna take them into the desert in a place that is prepared. Hallelujah! To keep them safe. And then at the end of tribulation, they're gonna get to stand right beside him and watch him. Destroy the Antichrist. Haman is coming down. And Purim is a symbol of the Jews' final enemy. The Antichrist being brought down. Come on, somebody ought to shout. So Purim is one of the feasts that is only in the book of Esther. The last one is Hanukkah. Because y'all kind of know what the other seven are. Because we've done, we've been studying them. These are the two feasts we're not quite familiar with. The feast of Hanukkah is mentioned only in the book of John, where it says Jesus was there at the feast of dedication. It is a symbol of the new heaven and new earth, where Himself is the light. Oh, there'll be no need for the sun. (laughs) Because the earth, first earth has been done away with. And we're going to celebrate Hanukkah under his light. Because he is Christ. So now you know why Hanukkah is such a great celebration. It ends the whole nine. He finishes. It's called the hidden feast. You know what he said to the church? One of the churches, I'll give you to eat the hidden manna. So this, this, this evening, you are getting a little bit of the hidden manna. Don't try to look it up on Google because there ain't nothing on it. About this part, 
I, I, I searched and I looked and I said, God, you got to show me what this feast represents because I know it's important because your son attended it. He said, and, and this is what I got, is I am the light of the all the feast, but this is the last one I'll light up. It'll be the new heaven and the new earth. Mm, hallelujah. This is the final declaration of the end, of the end. He's declared the end from the beginning somebody ought to shout in this house man I'm going to leave it with you tonight (laughs) I'm nowhere near done but I skipped ahead so y'all could kind of get some y'all can beat me to it (laughs) because it was just too good to keep when you look at this and how many remember what the middle candle represents it is the shamash it is the servant Jesus is our shamash he is the servant candle it's because of him that all the rest of them are lit come on he's the light he's the light it is we celebrate the light conceived at this time of the year. And let me tell you, he is lighting every one of these feasts with his light. Come on. Come on, Passover wasn't in anything until the death angel shows up. Come on, when the death angel shows up, it tells who's got the light. Because everybody that was in the house has the lamb which is the light. So the death angel couldn't touch the light. Every house that he passed, because you know what? There's light in your blood. Hallelujah. So when the lamb's blood is over your door, honey, you got the light of him surrounding your family, surrounding your presence. You know why the enemy can't bother you? Because you got light in you. You know why the enemy can't touch you? It's because you got light. Somebody ought to thank God for the light. Hallelujah. I got to quit. Do you understand now why Hanukkah is so awesome? Hey, it's just started. Let's wait till we, probably next year, wait till we uncover each one of them as the seven churches. You're going to about have a runaway. Because there's certain things that he says to each of the churches that represents a candle. That represents a light of every feast. So you say you can you can get ahead time of studying. It'll take you a year to study it because it has me. And I every time I go back, I'm like, wow. I don't need more preaching none of it because I'm afraid the next time I might read it, I might miss something because I already have missed a lot. But you understand that's why we are maturing. <laughs> that's why 
under the apostleship of Jesus Christ, we are maturing. We're becoming a mature body. We are becoming. We're be- we hadn't made it yet. I was sitting watching somebody this week, and, and they said, well, about 10 years ago, I had to go through and delete all my former videos because they were all wrong. And he said that if you've got problem with pride, that we won't let you do that. I have thrown notes away because I looked at them now and say, wow, that's so two years old. (laughs) I must have been thinking like a five-year-old when I wrote that. You You understand what I'm saying? Because now it seems really bad, really off course. You know why it is? It's because you walk in the light as he is in the light. And as a light shines on your path, you walk on that light. And every time you walk in new light, that light from last year seems like it don't light up anymore. It doesn't make your message flow anymore because you've got to have new manna. Oh, hallelujah. Last year's manna didn't work. Last week's manna didn't work. And he said, I'll give to you to eat the hidden manna. So how many want some hidden manna? So you're celebrating tonight hidden feast. Because the Jews only have a clue. But they don't even have a whole clue because they don't know him. But when they come in light with the Yeshua and he lights their candle up and he lights their house up And he lights their family up. And he lights their children up. And he lights their... Come on, how many knows when you get lit up, your dogs even get lit up? Come on, there. You seem like you run out of patience with them a whole lot less. It's just because you got lit up, but you think they got lit up. And I've been praying lately, God light the Jones house up. Light us up to where when we come to minister, whether it be at Walmart, whether it be at the grocery store, whether it be at the bank, whether it's just driving down the road, somebody makes a bad turn and you don't blow your horn because you just got light in you. That's a bad one, wasn't it? Preacher doesn't stop preaching and went to meddling. But you understand what I'm saying? We need the light of him. The light of him. Because he is our light. Mm. So tonight, as we end this service, man, how many felt the presence of God in here? Mm. So if if you come here tonight and you're saying, I would like to know more about his light. I've got a little bit. But I really want the light. I really want it lighting my life. I really want it changing my world. I want it changing my direction. Because he's teaching us. Because this Hanukkah story. The Jews was led by Judas Maccabees. 
and his brothers. Small little army. It was not even, it was not even close to being half the size of King Antiochus. But you know what? King Antiochus made Judas mad and all his family because they had offered a pig on the sacrificial altar. And there was no such animal belonged in the house of God. Come on. You know, on a secret. How many remembers the story of the Gadarenes? How many remembers them? The story of the Gadarenes, the dumb, the crazy man out there among the tombs. The country of the Gadarenes belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. And Benjamin had resorted into raising pigs. Because why? They had turned into pagan. Jesus Christ walks across the... And he said, I'm going to mess up the pig farm today. Because he knew what they was going to ask. You know what? Jesus needs to be let loose in America to upturn the pig farm. Oh, and some churches. Come on to kill our pig farms. Because so that story is a whole lot bigger when you look at it this way than it is just one guy getting delivered. And his deliverance was awesome. But God delivered the whole side, countryside of the galleries from pagan worship. You understand what I'm saying? So this is why Judas Maccabees got aggravated and frustrated. Because apparently some of their teammates had been worshiping right beside these rascals. While they were in there tearing up the temple. Well, we don't want to cause no controversy, so we'll go worship with them. But and, but Judas said, y'all, I'm not for this. Who's with me? Who's with me? Remember when Moses said that deal? After Nathan, Nathan and Abiah Hughes deal? And after the killing the whatever the other guys, Korah and all his bunch got swallowed up, and Moses stood up and said, Who's with me? And guess who's first ones to rise up? That old wheat back raggedy tribe of Reuben comes walking up there and said, We with you. We sure don't want to be over there. And the tribe of Levi both came running over there to be with Moses. And guess what? They changed the word of prophecy that was given by their dad that said, Reuben, you'll never be worth anything. You're always going to be unstable as water. And all of a sudden, an old prophecy. Reuben said, I ain't going to have no more of it. I'm going to the other side. So guess what, church? We got to stand up. Who's going to stand for Jesus in our day? Yeah. 
who's going to stand up and say, not a pig on my place, not a place, not a, I'm not going to have that mess, I'm not going to go there anymore, I'm not going to worship the pagan way, I'm going to do what God has bid me do. I mean, he's with me. Come on, we got to make a choice. <laughs> Joshua said it like this, choose you this day who you will serve. You got to make a choice. We have to make a choice, Christian Worship Center, where we're going to say, God, we want the light. I don't want to leave no candle off to y'all. I want everything he's got. And that's what I've been saying this whole week. All these all these days. We just started Sunday. And we're three days in. And I've been saying every day, God, I want the whole nine candles. I want you to light up my life. I want you. How many's ready for him to light you up? Come on, the three Hebrew children said, we won't, we're not even careful to answer you. We're about to get lit up. We don't even care what you think, King. You know what they said? They didn't say, we're not even careful to answer you concerning this matter. But we know that God can deliver us. But if he don't, we're still not going to bow. And he will deliver us out of your hand. Hallelujah. I don't know if he's going to deliver me from the fire, but I know I'm out of your control when the fire burns in this place. Come on, how many ready to burn? How many is ready to burn? Set us on fire, Holy Spirit. Set us on fire, Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Come on, as we dismiss, I want you to ask him to set you on fire. Set you on fire tonight. Set, come on, come on, worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Set a fire. Set a fire. Set a fire, Lord. Set a fire on us. Set a fire on us. Set a fire. Mm, Hallelujah. Well, glory. Well, glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Well, glory. I'm going to try my best to finish it up next Wednesday night. And it could not be finished this season. (laughs) We might just have to wait till next year. But let me tell you something. I'm excited about the season. Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because this is the this is the season. Come on. Of conception in the spirit. The word in you is about to take hold. The Bible said you receive the engrafted word of God. How many knows when you have a skin graft? There's parts of that skin that doesn't graft. And it falls off. Come on. All of y'all come to church on Sunday and you get a word of the a message. A little bit of the message. Today some of it don't do you a bit of good because it rolls off. It's not, I don't get, but there's something that you're needing. Mm. 
And it might come through a word, a prophecy. It might come through a song. It might, come on y'all. It might come through a testimony, but however it is, it's the engrafted word that you're needing to receive, and it's going to take hold in your spirit and in your man and the man, and it's going to heal you, and it's going to deliver you, and it's going to set you free, and it's going to be something you can fight with. Amen. So I'm here to tell somebody tonight, God's about to give you a word that you're going to be able to fight with. So I want you to close your eyes a minute. And say, God, I'm listening. Speak to me. Hallelujah. Just, just wait on him.